Chapter Thirty Three of To London Town. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. To London Town by Arthur Morrison. Chapter Thirty Three. Mr. Duncan's notice to quit arrived early the next morning the service of that notice was a duty owed to society morality conscience virtue propriety religion and several other things which he enumerated without hesitation he could not have sat in his pew the next day with any comfort knowing that such a duty remained unperformed he would have felt a hypocrite the notice might have come before for the trade had been good and steady but mr duncan also had heard the whispers that the shipyard might be shut and he had hesitated long now however there was no alternative if mrs may were left to flaunt her infamy the trade must decline under the scandal and the place fall worthless again more her expulsion at this time would seem less a seizure of the new branch than a popular vindication of righteousness johnny was at home when the notice came he had sent a message to mr cottam pleading urgent family matters might have expected it johnny said giving the paper to hicks whom he had called into council anyway mother swears she can't show her face in the shop again she seems almost afraid to come out of her bedroom talks wild about disgracing her children and wishes she was dead she's pretty bad and as to the shop that's done up question is what to do now then hicks rose to his feet and met the occasion face to face we'll do this thing between us he said and damn everybody i ain't a man of business not special but i got you all into this ere mess and i'll see you out of it or i'll bust Plus thing this ere mr duncan's game's plain enough here's a very decent business going on and he takes this excuse to collar it hisself you ain't took the shutters down yet and we won't take em down we'll stick up a big bill business come to a end or such other words and let the customers go where they like and open they won't come back then p'raps he'll come along in a day or two and offer to buy the stock thinking he'll get it for next to nothing you being all at sixes and sevens we won't sell it not one farden candle but we won't say so no we'll fight Cokum. we'll ask him to think over it for another day or two and see if he can't make it a quid or two more he'll let it slide all the week if we do it right expectin to land us at the last minute and make us take anything but we'll just be walking the stuff all away very quiet in the evenings in a barrer and then he'll come into a empty shop unexpected and he won't know what the customers is used to and that'll give em fits for another week or two see but where shall we take the stuff 
take it lord anywhere replied hicks with a sweep of the hand there's plenty o empty shops ready to be took everywhere why the number i've seen these two or three days would surprise ye some ain't as good as others p'raps but that we'll settle in the week it's just beginning again that's all same as what you did three or four years back lord we'll do it i tell you do it flying long hicks waved his arms enthusiastically as to the ha'pence he went on perhaps your mother's got some perhaps she ain't don't worry either way i'm a single man and been in good work years and i got a bit in the savings bank all right i ain't gonna offer no favors so don't sing out sixpence in the pounds all i get of the post office and that ain't much i'm open to make it a bit more three per cent if you like on loan any security or none there's plenty in the place in the forest and the stock and all have it your own way business hard business that's all it is and now we'll clear decks fust get your mother and sister out of this somewhere out of harbor lane where they ain't known and where they'll quit frettin where hicks impetuously left johnny's wits laggin temporary lodgings needn't be fur next parish is as good as fifty mile off in london better and by george now i think of it i see the very place when i was going round hardy of the name o bushel in poplar house too big for em got a furnished bedroom to let showed it me case i might know someone and send em them avin done me a turn sendin me to old ford what's more there'll be two more rooms unfurnished next week tenant goin out young gal a dressmaker so we can take them too if we get pushed and run the sticks in there there's luck to begin with why things'll go like clockwork hicks rushed off to make sure of the lodging and in half an hour was back with a four-wheeled cab get him down and pop em in sharp said hicks i've told the cabby where to go you go with em and make em comfortable and i'll wait ere till you come back mind people at the ouse only know she's in trouble cause her husband run away and i paid a week in advance go on i'll keep out of the way in the back till they're clear off they don't want to see me nan and bessie wore veils and hurried into the cab while johnny glowered fiercely at every face he could see turned toward them to johnny the streets seemed unreasonably familiar as the cab jolted through them unreasonably like what they were a day ago before this blow fell and knocked the world out of shape they went out through blackwall cross by the high street and past the institute where the familiar housekeeper the housekeeper who had given him nora's farewell letter stood on the steps with a broom through the two streets and past that corner where they had parted it seemed years ago as to when they might meet again and how that was not to be thought of now his head was too full already End of chapter thirty three
Recording by John Brandon.